Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Deb. Hi Liz. How's it going? Well, it's an extra special week because I have a very dear friend visiting me, which we'll introduce her in a little bit. But I know, we totally have a special guest. We do, it's our first interviewee. <laughs> I know, it's very exciting. I know. And she is gorgeous. I told you so. I know, you, you, do, you do good. Well, look at you. You pick friends well, you good know, for you. Yeah, we're all so beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, friendship among women is an incredibly valuable mm-hmm and can be a very difficult thing. It can. And from the time we're little, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got really, really close girlfriends, and then I've got relationships that ended terribly, and it's very sad, and so yeah. Yeah. It it, it runs the gamut. Yeah. I'll tell you real quick before we introduce our guest, I was working at a school last year, and I heard a little girl on the playground, and she came running over to the little girls where I was, you know, situated, and she said, you guys, come here, come here. Maria is crying. We have to help her. And so she's gathering up all these little girls to go help Maria, who's crying. And I just thought, you know what? That is... How life should be. That's mm-hmm. how life should be. Mm-hmm. And women can be really good at really being there for one yeah. another, starting at a very early age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can also be kind of mean. Um, yes. But, Deb, you have this friend that you've had for a lot of years. Introduce our special guest. All right. Well, this is my friend Kelly, and we have known each other since seventh grade. And we are both mm. older. <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. So so you guys can do the math. Uh, we've known each other for many, many years. Um, and we met in junior high school. Yep. And we lived um, pretty close to one another. And um, we, our friendship has taken some interesting little roads. We haven't always been super, super close. But Kelly is, I would say, the closest best friend I have from my past mm-hmm. and from when I was a kid mm-hmm. and um, and it's really cool to kind of go through your life journey with someone you've known since seventh grade right. you know when you're just barely even I don't know you're trying to figure it out. We're still we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> seventh grade. That's a. Those are terrible you're years. Like Twelve. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're like twelve. Right. <laughs> right. And you're just figuring out all those. You know that you, your pits stink and and your period <laughs> starts. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kelly. Where do you live now? I live in Anderson Island, Washington. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us about yourself. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, well, first of all, where did you guys go to school together? <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, you, you Holmes tell. Junior High, Davis, California. Yeah, Davis, California, so right near Sacramento, mm-hmm. college town, lots of bikes, 
And uh, it wasn't a huge junior high, really. No. We both came from broken families. We both, both latchkey kids. Yes. Had time on our hands that we shouldn't have. Yes. <laughs> we, we got into interesting little troubles. So did you go to one another's house after school sometimes, or were you yeah. kind of not allowed to do that? No, we were. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could pretty much do whatever I wanted. So That's right. You I, were I, raised by hippies. We I was, I was raised by that. the hippies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, because I remember your room. I remember all your Coca-Cola stuff. She used to collect Coca-Cola stuff, like yeah. little, little Coca-Cola stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. just a few and years it was, ago. And, and, and it was, you should have seen my kitchen just a few years ago. I just got rid of all that yeah. stuff, but it's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I have maybe one piece left. I okay, okay. I remember that, though. I mean, I that's one of the things I remember about your house is, is all of the cool Coca-Cola stuff. So, so Kelly, though, um, I mean, we were in junior high school together. I made some notes. <laughs> so... I mean, I want you to talk, Kel. I mean, the things that I remember about Kelly was she was definitely the most popular girl in school. No. <laughs> yes, she was. You have a funny filter. <laughs> she was. She was very popular, and she was very, very talented. Yes. I think, you know what, everybody has talents. It's just finding out what they are and, and how to increase them you know yeah. I mean everybody has them but when we were in junior high we were just budding we just had yeah. we liked music and we wanted to be singers and we wanted to be in musicals and we wanted the lead but we didn't <laughs> get it <laughs> That's true. So, so, so music is something you both had in yeah common. so Kelly you did you sing or play instruments or both yes we sang and we auditioned, what I remember is auditioning for musicals. Mm-hmm. And I never made it in. And I remember one of the English teachers there who told you something along the lines that you could not sing and you needed to figure something else out to do. Yes, yeah, so she was she was there during that whole thing. Yeah, I think, I think story. We've, we've, we've talked, we talked we've about, talked that, about story, that on yeah. a... And so it's mm-hmm. so important what we say to people mm-hmm. about their value and their worth because that took you down a few notches and really plagued you for a while and didn't need to be that way. Right. And so I think it's really important to tell people what you see in them that is valuable rather than trying to point out things that you think. Well, and especially for a teacher. Yeah, someone in authority. It's You know. Yeah. So let's just say she had a bad day and... Yeah, I um, she definitely yeah. did. And you proved her wrong. I was just going to say, Debbie <laughs> has proved her wrong. Well, yeah. I rem- what was the thing called that we did in junior high where um, the guy who kind of made it big and was in chorus line... Jazz choir? But it was in junior high. Oh, junior high. And, and oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We were gymnastics. In, we were we did in gymnastics the, and we dance. Were, we yeah. were in the gym and we yeah. were... I remember we had a routine to the song, Dancing, Dancing, Dancing. What was that guy's name? Oh, he was... Tony Fields? Tony Fields. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Fields was an actor okay. who... Dancer. He was dancer. a solid gold dancer. Oh, And he was solid. in Chorus Line, the movie. Yeah, Chorus Line, the movie. And he was on Thriller, I think, with Michael he, Jackson. He might have been. And, I'm pretty and sure, in the video. he went to junior high with us. So he was, yeah. he was your age? He was a student there at the time? He was a little older than us. Okay. And my maiden name was Field, so we used to joke that we were, you know, Brothers. same family yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he, 
he would be kind of hard on me and to challenge me to make me try to be better but at I, things. I remember you guys, you two were like the dancers of the school. and I do. That, I mean, that's what I remember. Like, like I said, you have a funny filter. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, but then, so, so we ended up at... at I think just the first year of high school together, ninth grade, and then you moved. When, uh, no, what? I did. I did ninth and tenth, and, and then, then moved. And then you moved. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and you moved. Tell us what happened when you moved. You moved back to your home, not hometown. No, my um, my dad had remarried, and his wife really was not comfortable with me living with them. And so it made it uncomfortable for all of us, including my dog, to live there. <laughs> and so I ended up going to move, um, I don't know, about 40 minutes away um, from Davis to Yuba City That's and right. lived with my mom. So then moving to a new school, mid-high school, was really not fun. Because yeah. I grew up in Davis from first grade to right. to my sophomore year, and my dad was a teacher at the high school. My right. brother was two years ahead of me. So, you know, it yeah. just... That's your hometown, and yeah. you know everybody, and everybody knows you. And then to go off by myself, so I didn't have my older brother at school. Or, I remember, I remember yeah. all that. And so. we we didn't lose touch. Well, I was just gonna ask, how did you keep yeah. in touch? I mean, well, this was before cell phones. Yeah. this is even before right. email. Right. This is you know. So you made a you made a decision mm-hmm. to keep in touch. We did, and although our our lives went a little bit of a different direction for a couple of years. I mean, we we remained in touch, but we didn't. We weren't like super close. So I went, I went to school studying music, and then you went to school studying well, music, right? I'm thinking. College. I'm still thinking high, high school. school. Okay. So like the last couple of years of high school, I mean, I pursued music, and so did you. Mm-hmm. But we weren't like like I didn't go to Yuba City to visit you, yeah. and you didn't come back here. But we still somehow stayed friends, and then I came back a couple of times. Yeah, but. and then you. Um, got involved in church stuff, mm-hmm. and then she, uh, I accepted Christ when I was with Kelly oh. at a second chapter of Acts concert when I was eighteen or nineteen. She took yeah, me I think to, it was, uh, yeah. oh, and wow. that's and that's where I had my little, I'll say my Jesus experience. And um, second chapter of Acts, second chapter of Acts. Yeah. Which is a long time ago. Yeah, I was raised so conservatively, and and so you know we didn't believe in the whole speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. And so, second chapter of Acts, just the name of the Ooh. band, oh. um, wasn't necessarily bad, but that's how I learned about kind of the gifts of the spirit, if you will, because mm-hmm. I started. I thought, what is this second chapter of Acts? Why would a band name themselves after, a you book. know, a, a book, a, a chapter in the Bible? And so I, I read up on it, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Right. I mean, that, that was kind of my exposure was just by hearing the name of the band, and it made me curious. Yeah, well, and I think they still actually uh, do little gigs. I think they do, and mm-hmm. there was a real. Sp- that was a real special time in Christian music too, where it, was. it wasn't, it didn't get as, it wasn't as polished then. Yeah. yeah. But there was a real the heart behind it and yeah. a real sweet anointing on the music that um, was hard to come by. Now. Yeah, it's it 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 really was. That was like right at the end, I'll say, when I got exposed to to that music. 
it was I'll say right at the end of like the the Jesus movement that had happened in the 70s and was kind of and then it kind of morphed into a little bit more of like a popular thing where you got Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith's and that's where I wanted to be Amy I Grant. wanted to be her. <laughs> I wanted to be her. <laughs> and Kelly did too. She wanted to be her. Well, maybe not her. But maybe Sandy Patty. Maybe Sandy Patty. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So we both had Gotta that. Gotta those high notes. Mm-hmm. We both had, <laughs> had that um, desire. And, you know, we both were singers yeah. and we both... We kind of watch other people doing it and, like, in our hearts think, well, I, I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. That looks like fun. That looks like me. That looks like yeah. what yeah. just make me tick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Kelly, um, Debbie has talked about the fact that she was not raised in a religious home mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It was very much a hippie, just free-range uh, kind of parenting sort of thing. Yeah. And so that was a very new world for her, that that Jesus world, that church world was very new for her. So you met her at a time when she was not involved in that, in that at all. And I wasn't either. And you weren't either. Right. Yeah. So were you not because... Um, was your family involved in no, that? No, actually, or? actually. so then I moved to a different town okay. as a junior, mm-hmm. and in my senior year, junior and senior year, I got involved with a dance studio that was just down the street from my house, because okay. I always loved dance, and um, I just marched my little self down there and introduced myself to the lady that had the Foy Dance Studio, and I wanted to get a jazz choir started at the high school, because they didn't have one, so... Um, Carolyn Foy tells me still that I just marched myself in there just like I knew what I was talking about and said I wanted to start a jazz choir at the at the high school and would they be interested in choreographing and coming in and doing this and I you know I was going to go straight to the choir director and just you know start this new thing (laughs) (laughs) I love it so that didn't happen but they just scooped me up and let I started taking lessons and then they um, offered to allow me to demonstrate for other classes for younger kids and so after a number of months I was doing tap jazz ballet and um, I was just there every afternoon after school dancing for three or four hours whatever was going on there I just hung out and um, the woman who led me to the Lord was Carolyn Foy who um, just you know loved me like I was and just was there in the middle of my passion for dancing and music, and then um, just loved me into the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah, so. Cool. Yeah. That's unusual. Dancing. I know. <laughs> dancing in Christianity. Dancing, all dancing, the same dancing in Christianity. <laughs> Can God any, use that? Any kind of creative arts in Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Can God use that? Yes, He can. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, so so when you brought Debbie to the second chapter of X concert show, whatever, did you have the intention? Did you think, oh, I hope she, you know, sees what I see tonight? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Okay, I was thrilled. 
All right. So you had kind of an ulterior motive, if you yes, will. I mean, I did a lot of well, yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, because I think a lot of people, especially when you're a new, you know, new yeah, in excited. anything, anything. new in anything, exactly. really, you kind of want the people that you love to experience to, to experience it, it. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's something that you definitely wanted her to experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had a lot of the same brokenness. We did in our hearts and lives that, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. We needed that healing, and we needed I mean, that source for life. And and I think even now, you know, we talk now more. We know more now how similar our paths were than we ever knew even then. Absolutely. You know, just yeah. because we're now adults and we can talk about our past and we have, you know, we can talk about our memories and different things about our parents and stuff. And yeah. So you've shared a little bit about some of the hard stuff when you were growing up. Did you have similar, like, skeletons that you would rather not necessarily dance with? Oh, but, sure. Okay. Sure. Right. Um, but I think the thing is that, like the little girls on the playground, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we... We find one another and encourage one another and talk about what we see as their gifts and encourage each other along. And so, and we didn't ever, re- we were never in competition with each Mm-mm. other. Um, we really never were. I mean, I think, I think we were both different enough mm-hmm. in, in, in an artistic um, styles, mm-hmm. I'll say maybe, mm-hmm. that we weren't. Be, we weren't competitive. We both supported each other and yeah. wanted us, you know. Yeah. I wanted her to be successful and she wanted me to be. I, I mean, I can think of one time where, I'm not going to say it was jealousy, but it was it was more disappointment of myself. And that was when, so we, and I, I don't think, we weren't married or were we? Yeah. We were both married. Not to each yeah. other. Not to each other, but <laughs> yes, we were <laughs> Because I remember you, your son was, you had left your son. I had? Yeah, and I was like, I don't know how she could do that, but okay, good for her. Cause hmm. we, so we went on a road trip to we went on a road Colorado. Trip to Estes Park, Colorado, to a big Christian music festival um, contest, artist, singer contest. Win a contract. Yeah, win, win a recording yeah, contract. Get a record contract, become oh, the next Amy wow. Grant, all of that. Wow. So this is way before the voice. And this way is before way American Idol. Way, 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 way before. And <laughs> I, you know, we both were preparing to compete. I'll say not against each other, but we both were in this competition. In it to win it. And I, I bombed. Lots of producers there and yeah. whatnot. But I, I completely bombed. I, I got up there and, and I, I, I have this thing that I do where... I start to cry, and and then I can't finish, and then I make an idiot out of myself. I always feel like that. And I, I always tease so that, I'm, that I'm a cringer. I cry and sing. I'm a <laughs> so, so that was my cringing introduction. And, on, that. And on, a, on a very big stage. Uh-huh. So looking back at that, were you nervous? I was, ter- I was terrified. Okay. I was terrified. And, I mean, looking back... I honestly suffered with stage fright. Really, I still do. But now, it's not nearly as bad. But, I mean, it was so bad. And I'm going to say this on the air. Like, I was in the bathroom. I I was sick before I would get up and perform. Mm -hmm. But yet, I would still do it. Why? What is wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, that is the thing about uh, gifts and talents and things that you're, I mean, you just, there is no rhyme or reason as to why we do these things, but we know that we have to. I pace back and forth behind, you know, behind stage before I walk out to say my first line in every show I ever do. And we could do the same show 35 times. And you still have to do that. And I still have to pace back and forth. And then it kind of becomes a part of the, even the routine. But if I don't do that, I am a nervous wreck. I'm I'm terrified. So yeah, I totally get it. Well, so can I just say that when you get up to sing, you're not playing someone else's instrument. Right. It's you. Yeah. Or if, when you go on stage, you're, you're taking on a different... A role of a different person, but it's, when it's you out there singing, you're just so bare. You're so exposed mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it's it's just hard to get over yourself. It yeah. takes time to just go, yeah, yeah just yeah. get over yourself. And I I still have that issue. I still can't get over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I just have to know how Kelly did well, in that. So that that was going to be my next thing to tell you guys. Yeah. So she killed it. She was <laughs> yes, she did. She was great, and she was so good that like, who was it who wanted you to go on tour with them? Continental Singers. The Continental Singers. Oh yeah. Remember those? I remember the Continental yeah. Singers absolutely. But I was married and I was going to college, and so that didn't fit at all. Yeah, but yeah. honey, I did not kill it. Yes, you did. I, I barely, I didn't get the contract. <laughs> well, but somebody wanted you to go on tour. But let's just say, she she did a really, really good job. And and honestly, you know, you know, there was sort of this kind of um, mix of being envious, but more, gosh darn it, Debbie, how come y- you can't do that? Why right. can't, why are you so nervous? What, what, you know, and I was, what? 24, 25 at the most. And it took me literally to age 35, 38 before I stopped having to go to the bathroom constantly before I get up and sing. I just have just had nerves. Yeah. So So let me back up a little yeah, bit. So okay. Back up. So you so you two were both married to yep. your husbands. Yes. Um, we when, sang at each other's weddings. Yes we and, did. And so how far apart were your weddings to each other and what did the husbands think of each other? Well you were in May. I was in I was June fourth. June. And you Wait, were your birthday's in May. Yeah. Okay, you were in June and I was in July. Yeah. Weren't you like the fourteenth? Yeah. And I was, yeah, so she's, she was July 14, and I 84, was... 1984. 1984. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and so, and were you already engaged to these men when they met one another, or did you introduce each other I don't prior think, to, I don't know, think, when you were just dating? I think I met Steve... At the wedding. At the wedding. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I don't know if you had met Greg. I don't think I did. Yeah, I think we both kind of just... So... Here we are, engaged... So, Deb, since you got married first, that's when you met Greg, was at her mm-hmm. wedding. Right. And that's when yeah. you met Steve. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, right. You met Steve at my wedding. Right. At our wedding. Okay. And then, eventually, they both went into ministry and mm-hmm. were doing, being youth pastors. Right. So, then yeah. so then we really started connected as married women, as pastor's mm-hmm. wives. And youth pastor's wives, and, mm-hmm. and what all you take on with that, mm-hmm. and kind of started comparing notes yeah. to encourage each other again. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, and I think it's a safe place to say that from from the get-go for both of us, um, we had marriage struggles. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's safe to say that. I mean, when you get married so young and with certain kind of ideals in your mind, you know, you don't exactly know what you're getting into. And mm-hmm. Liz knows mm-hmm. that too. She was mm-hmm. married before. And mm-hmm. so, um, expectations. There's a lot of unspoken expect- expectations. Yeah. And especially in ministry. And mm-hmm. we were both young. Well, so was being a youth pastor, was that the first job for each one of these men? Not or? for Greg, but okay. for Steve it was. Okay. Okay. Well, he was. A first job into your marriage. After your marriage? Well, actually, Steve was in the military. Okay. He was in the Air Force. Okay. So he's an EMT. Mm-hmm. But, well, but he was working in the church, and I was working in the church, and okay. so yeah. okay. we were used to... But yeah. we, we really, really did have... And it was very idealistic. Uh, similar yes. And becoming a pastor's wife is yeah, very yeah. idealistic. I know because that's exactly what I wanted to do. I moved to Memphis, Tennessee because I... I wanted to marry an evangelist or a singer. That's what I wanted to do. So I moved to Memphis, Tennessee for the purpose of finding myself a man. Mm. Mm. Um, It didn't work out. Well, and let's just say that I did. And he was a really good singer. But he happened to really love cocaine. So uh, (laughs) it didn't really work out quite the way I had planned. But we had a lot of good days in church and he used to sing quite a lot in church let me just say and um no I think he liked cocaine more um, so you did marry him I did marry okay. him yeah we talked a little bit about that it was I but I knew him after only six weeks because I married him after six weeks because I am telling you there is something very when you are those of you listening if you are have never been an 18 year old Christian woman, you're not going to understand this, but I am telling you there is something so romantic and idealistic Mm -hmm. about marrying a minister and the two of you being in ministry together. Isn't it? Isn't it just, it's so romantic. And if you're not, if that's not your thing, I bet a lot of 18 year old girls think the same thing about I don't know, owning a tattoo parlor together or whatever uh, you're whatever mm-hmm. it, when you have a mutual passion. Right. It there is just mm-hmm. nothing so romantic as as kind of being in that for the long haul that. and yeah. being partners in that. It's very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do That's hear it. awesome. I know if you guys hear something, there's um there's we've got a little I don't know. I don't know what that we've is. We've got We've got people next door playing music or something, but you know what? We're going to be fine. Now it's background music. Now it kind of sounds like a bee or something. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Sorry. But we're going to be fine. Okay, so you all got married. Um, Who, so Deb, you had your baby first? I did. I had babies first. Mm -hmm. I had, uh, my my kids are about, well, not, they're like five and eight years older than Kelly's kids. Okay. So you guys, you guys waited. We did. We waited a long time. Yeah, they waited a, a lot. I think longer we were married for eleven years before before we you had kids. Yeah. Wow. So that's a long time to, wow. to wait. We had lots of kids in our youth group. That's right. They were our right. kids. Right. Well, and and I think so. At a, at this point, you know, I mean, well, when I married Greg, he wasn't in the ministry yet, but he was volunteering as in in a youth group. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were both going to church and we were doing that, but he wasn't officially a minister. And then the church we were at, the uh, the pastor, it, the, the church ran into some financial things and the, they had to lay off the youth pastor. And then Greg stepped in as a volunteer youth pastor. And then he ended up getting a job at another church as the full-time youth pastor. 
And then he got another job being an associate pastor, which mm-hmm. Kelly's husband, Steve, ended up being um, a full Mm-hmm. He's not. He's the senior head, pastor. Senior, senior pastor. pastor. Yeah, okay. I'm like the head pastor. Okay. Yeah. So, so what kinds pastor. of um, what kinds of things? How did you guys lean on each other? What kinds of without being specific about you know uh, tattling? What kinds of concerns or you know when would you call each other hmm. and just say oh, I need I need somebody who gets it? Hmm. I remember just sort of comparing notes and feeling like there's this box that pastor's wives, you know, that people put you in a box and ex- have a lot of expectations, but again, they're unspoken. Mm-hmm. So just like in marriage, they're unspoken. You don't know what they are. Until Some you mess them, up. Until you mess up. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so you're trying to live up to all these expectations that maybe people do have and maybe they don't, but you're trying to, you know, live inside the line. Except, and Debbie always likes to put her foot over the line. <laughs> What will happen if I step out of the box? <laughs> it's, more, it's more fun out there. So she's get a little scuffed, but I'm just going to be happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. So she would just kind of test the boundaries a lot more than I would, and so we would kind of compare notes and how we we wanted to serve the Lord in mm-hmm. in whatever capacity He had for us, but at the same time trying to sort of slough off some of the things that people, mm-hmm. people's expectations, and I think trying not to be people pleasers. Yeah. And it's hard both because you're serving people. So in a sense, you do want to please them. Right. And yet you really want to listen to the voice of God, not people so that you're right. living for them. I, I think I always perceived that Kelly had herself more together <laughs> than me. So did you look to her as as kind of a mentor? I think I did. Or yeah, I think I did. Was really? she a sounding board and that? Well, and a, definitely. And, or just a, for each other. Or a mentor. Or mentor definitely or both. did that. But I mean, you said something to me this morning when we were at our kitchen table, and and you know, you said that. What's the thing you said about how you perceived me to be more external about? stuff but that you feel the same way internally but you just don't show it so much externally yeah i think well when when we were in junior high you would seem kind of flustered and just trying to figure things out and just sort of timid and um fragile mm-hmm. um and yet having a passion to figure things out and do them and and i had all that going on in my head but maybe didn't physically show that so much yeah she like she just she she's a prettier package than me. No. <laughs> she's just more together. And my my exterior is like a five year old wrapping up a present, and it's all the tapes all. <laughs> and Kelly's is from Bloomingdale's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember going to classes, though, at church on how to wrap presents I and put do. things in bags and all oh that kind of stuff? And I'm saying that as a complete... as trying, admiration. Yes. yes. And, but as trying to give, you know, you guys can't see us sitting here, you know, and we don't look very different now as <laughs> older people, only that I have got tattoos, and she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... Whatever. Yeah. 
I'm so, but so I think we connected in heart. We totally connected in heart and still and passion. Mm-hmm. But Kelly, you said something. You said that you know Debbie enjoys pushing her, putting her foot over the line a little bit. Um, was and there dangling it? And dangling it over the edge. Yeah. So was there ever a time when you bit your tongue and thought? I, Debbie, I really need to say this to you, but I'm just, uh, our friendship's too important, so I'm just going to bite my tongue. Or, or were there times when you, in fact, did say, you know, Deb, you seem to be putting your foot a little bit too far over the line. Did you ever have any of those kinds of moments? I'm trying to think, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> honestly. Um, I just... I don't know. I just always felt like I was by her side mm-hmm. and understood her. And I think that I mean, I'm sure I've judged people in my lifetime for sure, but I just I can't think of anything in particular. Well, I think that that's the difference is that we've known each other for so long and we've watched each other grow up and we know each other's past and we know each other's pain, which yeah. in in relationships where you don't have a history like that and you don't know what the other person's walked through it's i think for people it's easier to judge people yes their behavior because there's no understanding of where that pain and what's causing a person to behave poorly or whatever the judgment is there's not that understanding of of knowing that we were kids together and knowing that it was crappy together you know growing up and stuff and so um I think that makes a huge difference in when you see each other as grown-ups struggling and maybe I was doing things well I know there are there was a time where I've done things that you know but we all have we all have and, and and that's not even what this is about but it's just to say that if she didn't know me as well she wouldn't be able to see the whole picture of me yeah. So and and me of her. Yeah. So Deb, you've already said that Kelly was, you know, she was perfect. She was beautiful. She was what? this. She was that. She still so is. was there ever? She is. She's beautiful. <laughs> was there ever a time when you felt like I can't talk to her about this? This is no. I never awesome. ever ever felt that way. Never. That's incredible. I I I, I could tell her anything. <laughs> And she has. <laughs> well, that is incredible. That is a testament to true friendship. Yeah. And you know, I don't have any skeletons that you don't know about. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't have one. That you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably know about it, so we'll talk about okay. it later. Um, that is that is incredible, and I think that that is a lesson that that so many of us. In today's world, men, women, kids, adults, yeah. teenagers, we all should be, you know, just just kind of understanding that, you know, hurting people hurt people. So if somebody's out there hurting somebody, uh, there's probably something inside exactly. of them exactly. that is hurting. And if you see them hurting, you don't want to bring more to that. Right. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, we we live in a kind of a society now where we sort of rejoice when somebody that we may have a conflict with is in pain. We're like, karma. You know, it's very easy to just dismiss kind of that kind of thing. So seeing this kind of uh, friendship is encouraging, and it's it's something I think we all could could use a little bit more of. And I'll add this. You know, Liz, you are 
probably my newest friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've known you for a long time, but I haven't known you. You know, mm-hmm. we've been more acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And here we are doing this podcast together. And I think that you and I have, a, there's a similar trust mm-hmm. there and being feeling like I'm free to be vulnerable vulnerable with you and I think you feel the same with me and so you know this is sort of a, a celebration of an of old friendships mm-hmm. and new friendships yeah. and I think trust is so important because Kelly and Debbie you guys have proven to each other over the years that you can keep a secret mm-hmm. you can yes. you cannot you know, you can you can walk in non-judgment. Mm-hmm. You can love each other unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to kind of move ahead a little bit. Deb got divorced. You did not get divorced. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Kelly did not get divorced. But Deb did get divorced. And so at, at what point along the way, I mean, how did you tell Kelly? Were you... How about Kelly? My foot just dangled right out that box. <laughs> I mean, did you tell her ahead of time that you were thinking about this, that you were yeah, having well, problems? Yeah. I mean, did you share that yeah, along the way? I did. I did. Uh-huh. She's she's known my my you know weird journey and being in group in therapy and all of that and mm-hmm. my crazy abuse history and stuff, <clears throat> which which really. Um, you know, when I look back at, at why I got a divorce, I mean, we struggled. We had periods of, of really good, peaceful times, Greg mm-hmm. and I did, and then we had periods where we had conflict a lot. And, and the conflicts were, I think, centered around a, a combination of our personalities just not jiving in, of, in one critical area. And, 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 you know, without going into all of the details of that, you know, men and women are different. Women like to talk. Men oftentimes don't. And that's a stereotype. And that's not true of all women and men. But I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, when you talk to women and men and they're having conflict, it's because the women don't feel like they can talk to the man and blah, blah, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... That, I think, being the critical difference between Greg and I, but with a lot deeper stuff because of his upbringing and mine that just made this combination that was just at the end of the day, we finally just both decided that it was just too hard and we just couldn't do it. And, you know, again, there's a lot more there. And and sharing that pain uh-huh. yeah, with someone else mm-hmm. and them walking with you through that well, is a form of intimacy mm-hmm. and a very integral part of your friendship because yes. you can go out and have a great time laughing and having fun with friends and that's that's a great way to communicate right. and we do that too yeah. but when you've sh- you've walked through deep waters mm-hmm. and painful things mm-hmm. with someone else there is a connection that that's yeah and, so and there's a bond there She's she knows a lot of that stuff about me and and she's had some similar kinds of issues when she was so, in her marriage and 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 I was there for her. Well, yeah. and that's what I was going to ask mm-hmm. was Kelly, you were you were a pastor's wife. You were in a box. You were being looked at. You were very aware aware of the fact that you have a role to play. That people in the church are looking at you, watching you. That your job is to you know care for them, be a shepherd. All those all those things that a pastor's wife becomes. 
So along the way, was your marriage in really good shape? Were, were you, did you have somebody to talk to? Were you guys just perfect? Were you still the perfect? We both came from um, homes that well, my parents were divorced and his parents lived together, but did not have a healthy marriage. So we did not have good role models okay. at all. And looking back, we really had one thing in common and that was our relationship with the Lord. And so while that was vital for us, having that one thing in common, it made it really difficult to connect on other levels. So we had that foundation together, and had we not had that, we, I don't think we would have lasted. Right. Yeah. But because we had that, that is what helped us continue to walk on and you know, yeah, so he walked walk the bumpy road. So he know? wasn't a singer. He wasn't. Actually, he did sing sometimes with yeah, me, yeah. and he played the bass. Oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, we did have that in common a little bit, but it wasn't really his main passion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He liked to teach, and so um, I felt like my role was to complement that, and enjoyed that very, very much. And did you ever feel you, you use the word role, and I hear this a lot? Did you ever feel like you were? Um, less than, or that there was something else that you were missing out on, or was was this truly um, something that you did with your whole heart? I th- I could honestly say that is what I wanted to be doing. If I had any other choices, yeah, that was a call on my life That's for awesome. that season of my life. That's awesome. And thought it would be for the rest of my adult life. Right. Mm-hmm. So and how many kids I was did, did you have? You had two. Two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we both had a boy and girl, Mm -hmm. and so we had that in common. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So shortly after your divorce, or at some point after your divorce, and then your feet were clearly over the over the ledge. Clearly over the ledge. (laughs) For the next few years, your whole body went over the ledge, Mm -hmm. and your friendship remained. Um, Kelly, then what happened? What happened in your marriage? Something, something kind of shook your life just a little bit. Yes. uh, Well, my husband was. He had always struggled with weight issues left to eat and I think when he was in the military they taught you to eat really fast you had like a certain amount of time that you had to eat and get out of the way for the next crew to come in that's really interesting yeah on a whole other note yeah I'll tell you later okay so (laughs) he had to learn to eat fast light bulb so he would eat he would sweat and he'd be done (laughs) and I'd be like why are you eating so fast and why is there sweat dropping down your face it's just how they taught us in the military, you know. And so he would eat more than he realized he was eating. But Interesting. Anyway, he um, he finally, in his 50s, got a hold of that and, and got the self-control to and exercised the self-control to um, maintain a, a healthier weight and was working out and was lifting weights and felt really good about himself. And then we went um, on a road trip that ended up in bringing a diagnosis of terminal cancer. Mm, on a road trip. Mm-hmm. So was he sick on the road trip? or We were driving from Washington to California and had to stop at every single rest stop. Oh, gosh. So something's up here. Something's, you know, pushing on his bladder or there's an enlarged prostate or something's going on. Right. So that, that was our first... And how long Signal. had you been married at that point? Ooh, let's see. Uh, 30, 31 
years. Yeah. And so that means your kids were like 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, somewhere around there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So we've gone from being a pretty perfect, um, you know, pretty perfect life, um, doing things together, boy and a girl, living the American dream. <laughs> on an um, island. On an island off the coast of Washington. A, a, a husband and wife that are, you know, working together, both beautiful, both perfect on the outside. Everything looks great. Um, and then we get a diagnosis of cancer. Um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna stop right there, and and we'll we'll continue on in part two because we do want to pick this up, but we do want to leave this right here. But I just want to kind of encourage listeners. You know, if you have had women in your life that you have had really close friendships with for years and years and years, I want you to know how lucky you are. Mm-hmm. I want you to know to value that relationship, to tend to that relationship and nurture it. Um, because like anything you grow, it, um, it, it, can, it can die if you don't tend to it, yeah. if you don't take yeah, care of it. Right. Um, love each other unconditionally. Um, our world is hard right now. So yeah. love each other unconditionally. Um, and you know what? Next week we're going to get back together and we're going to find out a little bit more about how his diagnosis changed your life, Mm -hmm. um, how it affected your marriage, and how it altered your faith. And so we want to hear all of those things. Yeah. Thanks, Kel. It's been so nice to get to know you. you so much. Thank you for bringing your friend. This has been awesome. Hey, you all have a great week. And remember, go dance with your skeletons.